0: Yeah, I gotta introduce myself. Oh, my name is Myung-Hwa Choi. I'm one of the intern pastors at New Philadelphia Church and because Pastor Christian and his wife Pastor Erin are traveling right now to the States for John Michael and Sky's wedding, so that's why you guys get to see me. All right. <laughs> Yeah, are you guys ready to be Bangladesh? Because <laughs> my song is gonna be Bangladesh. <laughs> you know, the people on the podcast will be really confused right now, but <laughs> you need to listen to Sonia's testimony to get my joke. All right, uh, I quickly want to update you on what happened at Hillside today. Uh, we had um we had our Sunday stream, and I actually invited um. If you guys know who she is, our church has been really praying for her. She's the lady who had the brain tumor and got the surgery, and we've been really contending for her full healing. She actually came out to our Sunday, uh, Sunday swim, and then she got to share her uh, her part of the story and testimony of how God just really met her through this difficult time. And she just really wanted me to tell you guys that she's so thankful for your prayers and for your heart and she is still unable to walk on her own and she still has different conditions her left side of the body is still numb and she feels a lot of pain and dizziness so continue to pray for her but i just wanted to give you the shout out that she's doing better and better than ever right so let's keep on contending contending for the full healing amen amen Amen. are you guys ready for the word today All right, let's turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 5 to 10. We're going to read it together. Before I start my message, uh, I'm going to ask you guys a favor. Um, I will really appreciate, I'm a sanguine, so I'm very sociable and... um, I'm very relational so I will appreciate your courtesy smiles and even fake laughters. I will take it today all right so I need some response and reaction from you guys so if you could show me some show me some teeth and show me some of your smiles and yeah that's good all right all right John 14 5 to 10 we're going to read it uh even number verses I'm going to you guys read it and odd number verses I'm going to read oh no no never mind opposite so I'm going to read you guys start with Verse 5, and then back and forth. Alright. Confusing! Alright. You guys there? Chapter 14, verse 5. You guys, 1, 2, 3, go! Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? We're going to stop right there. Amen. We're gonna go into the scripture. I'm gonna start with verse 6. Let's go there together. Verse 6. It's a really, really famous verse. You guys all know the song One Way Jesus? The heel song, the, the youth group song. You know? At the end of any youth group gathering you go to, they're always gonna finish this. Even if the band goes on the stage, don't be fooled. The, the gathering's not over yet if you didn't sing One Way Jesus yet. You know? So we're gonna sing, uh, beach together. Are you guys ready to sing? So I am the way and the truth and the life. You know that portion? Yeah. All right. It, it requires some clapping as well. So help me out with this. Okay. One, two, three, four. You are the way and the truth and the life. Me by faith and I by for you. And we will bring all for you. Come on. One more. <laughs> you are the way and truth and the life Live by faith and not by sight for you yeah. yeah Being all for you man. Amen We're going to stop right there You guys got some soul Oh man You tell things better than Hillside <laughs> Anyway So by this song Everyone knows this first That you are the way and truth and the life Jesus said that And he's the only way You know, if there's a way, there's the end of the way. And then the end of the way, the destination of the way that Jesus says is who? It's the Father. So Jesus is the only way that goes to the Father. He says this, no one comes to the Father except through me. So it means that as long as you are following Jesus Christ, then you are on the right way. Is that right? Church, are you going to the Father? Are you on the right way? Oh, yeah. Let me add a little bit more of wisdom on this part. Uh, you guys all know Psalm 23. It's like many people's favorite Psalm. The Lord is my what? Yes. The Lord is my shepherd. And then in verse three, it says that He leads me in path of righteousness. He leads me into the path of righteousness. But in Hebrew, this righteousness, it means it's chedek. It also means just right. It's either righteous or right. So if you turn it around and then the rigid translation for this is the path that is right. So basically he leads me into not only to the path of righteousness, but he leads us to the right path. So that you won't get lost. You know, it's not the wrong way, but it's the right way. So John fourteen six and Psalm twenty three three is talking about the same thing. So John fourteen six, Jesus is the way to the Father. And then Psalm 23.3, it says, Jesus leads us to the right way. If you put them together, Jesus is the right way to the Father. Got it? Church, are you on the right way? Yeah. It's verse 7, let's move on. It says this, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. You know, even in the natural, children resemble the parents. I look like my dad and my mom. Do you guys look at your parents? You know, you resemble and you inherit how you look, how you talk, even the habits, mannerisms, and values. And so much that when people look at me, they can kind of imagine what kind of parents I have or vice versa you know, my parents are really uh, good looking, you know, my parents are really funny, <laughs> you know, you can kind of guess, you know, but the case of Jesus here was really, really extreme. Okay. So there is that oneness between the father and the son. We're going to look at that right now. John ten thirty. it says this, I and the father are one. Everyone say that I and the father are one. So Jesus and the father, they're one. And John 5.19, it says, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing, What for whatever the father does, that, that the son does likewise. So Jesus didn't do his own thing. He always did things to reveal who? Reveal the father. And if you know your Christian theology a little bit, you probably heard of, uh, of the Trinity God. You know, it's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that they share the same power, same will, same character, same nature, and everything else. That those three persons together, they are perfect God, right? So basically, Son and the Father had that oneness. So therefore, because they are one, if you know Jesus, you know who? The Father as well. Have you seen the Father, you guys? If you've seen Jesus, if you have Jesus in you, you've seen the Father. That's what the Bible is telling you. I'm going to move on. Courtesy smiles? Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Verse 8. Let's move on. Philip. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Pastor Christian would have said something like this. You feel it, you knucklehead. You know, it's his language. He always says knucklehead at hillside, <laughs> maybe not here. He always talk about, you know, kind of people who are kind of dumb and slow. He always says, you knucklehead, you know. You know, sons pick up the father's language. So <laughs> I picked it up, you know. Feel it, you knucklehead. Jesus just told him what? That you have seen him, that you know him. But then Philip here, he says, no, show us the father. That's his, that's what he said. But Philip also, at the end of this verse, revealed something very, very crucial to us. Let me read it for you. He says this. And it is enough for us. Seeing the Father will be enough for us. Seeing the Father will be, will, it will satisfy us. It's gonna give us answers. That's gonna be the solution. It's gonna do 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 the thing. So seeing the Father, it's gonna satisfy us. It's gonna be enough. That's what he says. Church isn't this so true in our generation? I know a lot of you are Hagwon teachers or Haku, uh, church. I mean, not church. School teachers and Hagwon teachers, and you know your kids. A lot of them, the younger ones, older ones, they come in really broken forgotten, feeling like they're forgotten by their parents. If there were a lot of amazing great fathers in this nation, the children generation right now will be totally different. If we had enough of amazing fathers that will care for them, they will actually tell them that they love them, our generation, children's generation, will be completely different. Isn't it so true in our generation that seeing the father and his perfect love will be so enough? According to this book that I have, uh, it's called The Father You've Been Waiting For. It's written by Mark Stipe, S-T-I-B-B-E. This person <laughs> <laughs> wrote this book, and I'm going to quote him. It's really good. He says, quote, It has been said that today's generation of young people, those in the 14 to 35 age bracket, are the generation of divorced parents, absent fathers, and broken homes. More than any other in history, this, fa- eh, this generation is the fatherless generation. We see evidence of the father-shaped hole that exists in so many people today. There are literally millions of teenagers and young adults who have never known the unconditional, pure, consistent, and affectionate love of a dad. And we need to realize, we need to wake up, that this is not only a sociological problem. Yes, it is the problem of the society, but that's not it. It is a spiritual problem as well. And can we can we be real? Can I be real with you guys? I have a really great father, but he's not perfect. There is no such a thing like a perfect earthly father on the face of the earth. They're all broken people, and broken people break other people as well. So there is no such a thing like the perfect father. You know, that's the reality. So the answer to this problem is not really to raise up the fathers. That's great. But the ultimate answer is that revelation of the one and only perfect father, which is our heavenly father. Our heavenly father's got to be revealed to those kids, to this generation that is fatherless in order for us to heal this problem. If only this generation could see the father, that would be so enough. If only this orphan generation that feels rejected and insecure, unwanted, and useless at all times could see the father and his perfect love for them and acceptance, they're going to be different. If only the violent and confused and depressed and suicidal children that you see at your heart only if they could see the father and his love, that's going to be more than enough. Surely. If only the people in debauchery, drug addiction, eating disorder, self-hatred, pornography, those people that are wasting their lives in it, if only they can see the Father and how He's waiting for them. Things are going to be surely, it's going to be more than enough. Show us the Father is the ultimate cry of this generation. Everyone. Everyone. I'm, I'm telling you guys, I've been on 12 mission trips, including the Bangladesh. And I, the, pre- the message that I preached on the most was the Father's love. And every time, go to Philippines and India, Bangladesh, it doesn't matter. They all break down in tears because they're yearning for the true Father to be revealed. Show us the Father is their heart's cry. And then I went to this Korean uh, international school as a guest speaker about three, four months ago. And the message that got to their heart was that love of the Father. Unconditional love of the Father. That it's not about what they can do, but it's about how God sees them. That's the core message that broke them down. And they fell in love with the Lord again. You know, that's the key. Show us the Father is the cry of this generation. We're going to see what Jesus responded, how Jesus responded in verse 9. Verse 9. Okay. Jesus repeats himself. He says this Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? This is really a revelation that I, that blew me away. I don't know how it's gonna do to you, but it blew me away. Get this, guys. If you want to see the Father, you need to look at who? You need to see the Son. There's no way for you to look at the Father directly. You gotta look at the Son to see the Father. That's what Jesus is saying. The Son reveals the Father. So in order to see the Father, you need to look at who? Look at the Son. So Jesus' business was this. He, he, I told you that he didn't do his own stuff. He, what he did was, his business was to reveal and to show the Heavenly Father. So now, is Jesus on the earth? He, he took off, All right, He's, in, he's, he's with the Father, all right? He's not with you right now. I mean, he lives in us, but like physically, he's not here. And, and this mantle and this mission... And this business of Jesus is upon, guess guess where it is? It's upon us. It's upon the sons of God. Do you identify yourself as a son of God? If you don't, you need to. You are a son of God. Sisters too, because sons receive the full inheritance. So when I say sons, I'm inclusive of both genders, right? I, I myself is a sister, right? But I'm a son of God. Because I'm going to get the full inheritance because it's it's mine, right? It's mine. So Romans 8.29, it says this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So it's saying that Jesus is the firstborn of many brothers, which is who? Which is us. So it's saying that Jesus is our older brother he's our bro, right? And he's my oppa, right? <laughs> and he's your young, right? So he's our older brother. We belong to the same household of the faith, right? And also Galatians 2.20 says this, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Every single born-again believer, Christ lives in you. It's not you live, it's Christ who lives in you right then the business of revealing the father that jesus was all about it's got to be on it's got to be on you right it's on the sons of god and we're going to turn to romans 8:19 uh, put your pen or your finger on john 14 we're going to come back to there but go to romans 8:19 it's very important romans 8:19 We're going to read it together. Are you guys there? Oh yeah, let's read it together. One, two, three. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Amen. Do you know why the creation is eagerly longing for the revealing of the sons of God? Because when the sons are revealed, I said, who gets revealed? The Father is revealed. We, and you Philly, We talk about sonship a lot. I'm sure if you guys come regularly, we talk about, like, every week. And I, but I really believe that that's, like, the backbone and core of my at least Christian life and our church's life. You know, having sonship, you having an identity of a son, let me give you, like, a nutshell, like, compact teaching of what Sanji really means, but I can't mention everything, but it's that you put your value on not what you can do, but on who you are, what the Bible says you are, what the father says you are, that unchanging identity. If you put your identity on your performance, on what you can do, you're not gonna have a very stable life, because you're going to be swayed around, you know, by according to how you do at different seasons. But when you put your identity in who you are, what God says you are, you are not going to be shaken at all, because you are the son, no matter what. Even when you mess up, even when you preach a terrible message, I'm going to be okay, because I'm a son, and God still loves me. That's sonship. And then we have the full inheritance. You know, servants, they don't have inheritance, but sons, they do. To have fullness of inheritance from the kingdom of God. And I claim that everything that is in heaven, everything that's in the Father's house, that's mine. In his refrigerator, whatever he bought, and I'm going to just take it and eat it because it's mine. I'm going to drink it and eat it. It's it's There's freedom in the house. You know, in Father's house, I'm not going to tiptoe. I'm not going to like hush hush because it's my house. Whatever is Father's, it's mine. That's sonship. And also when we pray... Guys, I have authority. You know why? Because I'm a princess, right? I'm not going to pray like a beggar. God, please do this, man. Please do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm a princess. I'm a royalty. I'm going to go and take things and claim things because I have the authority of the royalty. Do you guys do that? Right? You are all princes and princesses. If you didn't know, (laughs) right? You guys are all royalty because you are the son and daughter of the mighty king. That's sonship. Anyways, there's more to that. But when we get established in our identity as sons, right? When you walk into that sonship, it not only gives you that identity and the freedom, but it also does good to other people as well and to the world eventually. That you get to reveal the Father to the creation that is longing for that. So basically, the whole creation is crying out, Show us the Father and you go out there as a son, and you being there is a revelation of that. And you are the manifestation of that. You guys get that? You guys are the answers. Sons are the answers for that cry. And you know, you know where you can find the sons of God? On Sundays, at least? It's church. It's here. You know, church is not a building. It's not even an organization. You know, it's, it's the people, people of God, sons of God. And sons gather at church on Sundays, and therefore church is a place where the nature and the love of God is meant to be released to the body and to the world as well. It's just made that way, right? And we are the manifestation of the Father, and You know, when your friends come to you and like, show me God, like, where is him? Show me God. Then I'm confident to say, you got to come check up my church. They're going to show you who God God is. You know, I say that confidently because when they come, they see something different. You know, if you want to see the Father, you got to see the body. You got to see the sons of God, right? I actually have a lot of non-believing friends and family members in Busan, which is my hometown. So... They always ask me whenever I go visit my home, my family, they always like say stuff like, are you sure about your future? Are you sure you don't want to be an English teacher and make money and get married and blah, 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 which I want to, but they, <laughs> they always say things like, you know, Sonia does really good accent and everything, but I'm going to try. You know, th- they always, oh! Wow, all right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They always say stuff like, 니가 Ni, 하나님 눈으로 봤나? Like, this is like Busan accent. It's like, 니가 봤나? Like, 니 And my mom gets really angry when she talks like that. And I tell her, no, I didn't. I didn't see him. I didn't see him with my physical eyes, but he revealed who he is to me. Right? And like, you know, the gospel was revealed to me through the son, Jesus Christ. But the reality of the gospel, guys, It's been revealed to me through you guys, through the church, through the sons of God. And I'm going to just talk about myself from here, but it's going to bless you. Especially Ytaewon, I really feel like it's going to bless you. So wake up. So in 2005, 2005, six and a half years ago, April 10th, I remember, I came to Hillside, uh, New Philly, for the first time as a non-believer. As someone who's never heard the gospel before, I didn't know who Jesus was. And as a monolingual Korean speaker with a little bit of broken English, like, nice to meet you. Um, With no international background, I had never left left the country before, back then. As a victim of Wang in middle school, Wang means all your friends reject you at the same time and leave you. I had that for about a year. Of course, you can imagine my heart was completely closed up to anyone and everyone. Um, even like when people will come up and ask my phone number. Uh, actually, Drew, my best friend at Hillside, she came up and then she she was at Yihua with me, and then she asked my phone number, and I very cool cool cool하게 like I was like, nope, I'm not giving you. So I rejected her because I wasn't gonna make any friends from that point on, right? So I was completely closed up. And uh, I hated myself for being so ugly and fat, and I had bulimia for three years uh, in 2005, at that point, which actually lasted until year 2008. So I came in as a broken, completely with a jacked up life. I came in, I sat down at the very, very back, by the way, you guys are witnessing a miracle right now because I'm not that broken girl anymore, yeah. right? I wish you guys all knew me because when I said that at Hillside, the people who knew me six years ago, that has been like kind of sticking through at a hillside, a hillside, they knew what I was talking about. Because if you saw me back then, you wouldn't believe this sin right now because I cannot even believe it, right? God truly wrote an amazing testimony and I'm just going to testify. I cannot keep it to myself. Because it's just, that's just not right, right? Anyways, and you know what? I really had an intense fear of foreigners, especially white people. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I had this intense fear of like blue-eyed people with big noses. So I never talked to white people at an English ministry for like three years straight. But I love Zach now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love his blue eyes, and I got over this fear because they loved on me. You know, this is a testimony that I'm preaching to some of you white folks in the, in there, right? <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I came in. The worship time began, so people started worshiping, and I, it was my first experience ever being in a worship like time, praise time. So I was like, kinda like looking around and then I saw one hand in the middle of the room. I saw one hand going up like this. I thought that person had a question. I was waiting for somebody to answer that person. It never happened. And then a moment later, another person like raised his both hands up and I was confused. (laughs) Like, what is going on? These people are crazy, you know? Anyways, I was just confused throughout the whole worship time, praise and but you guys, when you worship, um, it reveals something about God. Uh, the joy, the freedom, glory, presence, and everything. I felt it that first Sunday. And that's actually what made me come back two weeks after, because I couldn't get over the song that we sang, right? So you guys have to know, when you worship, when we gather together as sons of God, there's something happening. And that the world is recognizing that there's something that is not of this world. There's something going on, you know? anyways the praise somehow ended and then i listened to the sermon i heard the gospel for the first time and uh, soon after about a month later may 14th it was my 19th birthday and i got saved i received christ and i entered the kingdom right and um i was a newborn baby believer I i knew nothing about christianity i knew nothing about church uh church culture i knew nothing so i was like a Premature baby that was just born into the world, right? And, okay, pl- please don't do this. Some people, some people, a handful of people did that to me. Oh, you just need to read your Bible and grow ever mature. And that's like telling a newborn baby, like giving a pair of seizures and I'll oh, your umbilical cord and going to the <laughs> incubator, close the door and lie down and then wipe away your goose yourself. Like, it's like that. Like, the baby believers, they don't even know what their needs are. They don't know how they are supposed to f- be fed and everything. They do not know because I, I, had, I had no idea. But thank God that my community didn't do that to me. Right? My community, my Bible study group back then, they really incubated me with their love and lots of patience. I will ask ridiculous questions like, I don't even remember, but I will ask like a ton of questions that were so patient with me. They really just became my incubator of love. You know, genuine love always reveals the Father. Because God is love. It always reveals God. So when you show genuine love to somebody in your life, you are revealing God. And guys, true sons. True sons reveal the true Father. That's what I'm trying to get to you. And like I said earlier, that's how I got saved. And then I grew as a new believer at our church. And um, I had bulimia for six years. So it was... Eh, the end of year 2007, uh, I finally hit the rock bottom and I couldn't live like that anymore because my life was just too miserable. All these demons were controlling me. I literally heard demonic voices and I thought I was controlling my weight uh, by eating and by throwing up, you know, by taking whatever, you know, and I thought I was controlling my life, but act- the reality was the demons were controlling my life and when I realized that I couldn't I couldn't resist anymore. And all these lies in my head, self-hatred, all this physical pain, I almost lost my voice, and my hand was covered with scars because you stick in your finger to throw up, right? So it was miserable. And one night I came to church, I came to clean up the sanctuary actually, clean the sanctuary is biblical. You guys know that? That's a place, a breakthrough. So leaders say Taiwan, come out to clean the sanctuary, right? God has some divine appointments for that. Anyways, I just kind of sat down casually, started talking to Erin, Christian's wife, Erin. Back then she was a girlfriend, girlfriend, Erin, right? So I kind of just sat down with her. Okay, let me have a sip of water. All right, we sat down, we started talking, and I just confessed to her that I had this issue for this long time, and I cannot do it anymore. And um, she spoke life over me, basically. In summary, she spoke truth over me. She counseled me with patience and grace and, um, and wisdom. She prayed for me. There was no yelling going on. There was no exorcism. Get out, like, in the name of Jesus. Nothing like that. She just was calm and loving. And she just prayed for me with tears and motherly heart. And, I you not, that night, my bulimia was over. Uh, temptation never came back. And I was delivered that night, that moment. Six years of struggle. Intense daily morning and night, even during the lunch. Everyday struggle, it was the end. Just by someone's prayer man we gotta give it up for the lord yeah he's so good and guys i can confidently tell you that god is our deliverer but guess who revealed the truth to me in my real life i knew that even before that but guess who brought that revelation into my daily life it was aaron who was just there for me who listened to me who just lifted up that sincere prayer for me. It was Pastor Aaron, a true son, that revealed the true father. You guys get that? Same year, God did a lot in that year. I actually received my calling to full-time ministry. So um, if you want to listen to the full story of it, you need to listen to my Friday sermon Till you perceive it. It's on the Facebook page. Go check it out. The podcast, it was a good message. Um, (laughs) In 2008, it was my senior year at undergraduate at at Yihua. And I prayed very specifically for what I needed and what I wanted. And God actually created this intern pastor position in New Philly uh, by the end of the year. So that's why I am here. But when I applied, even though I knew that it was for me, I wasn't confident. um, Because... My English wasn't perfect. It's still not. But I didn't know if I met all the qualifications, like skill to use, like MacBooks and things like that, you know. (laughs) I had no title, no position, no leadership experience at church. I was just a small group member. Uh, I was just a house church member. I would just go on missions with the teams and things like that. But I had no leadership experience. Uh, I just served faithfully where I could. But uh, when I had an interview with Pastor Christian, I was scared. He, I thought he would ask me stuff like, do you know how to use Macbook? Like, you know, <laughs> you know how many Excel sheets can you make within an hour? Like, things like that. I was really, really scared. You know, sometimes he could look very scary. And, but he said stuff that I will never forget. Uh, he said that um, he had seen me serving God faithfully in hidden places and he said he saw great heart and potential in me when I really didn't see it in myself. And he received me. So I became an intern pastor, and I had lots of drama with him and with different works. Because I lacked so much experience and skills, I went through, you know, getting hurt and like different things. But eventually, what I can tell you is that Pastor Christian has been very, very patient with me. And um, he really believed in me. That's the one thing that I can say confidently, that him believing in me changed my life. I couldn't even believe in myself, my skills, what I could do, what I could achieve as a minister, how far can I go? You know, can I preach in English in front of this, you know, multi-ethnic group? (laughs) Like, can I do this and do that? When I did not have faith in myself, he had it in me. And it really just brought out Myung ha Choi, that did not exist before. Maybe it existed, but he just breathed life over it. you know. And as a spiritual father, he just really revealed the heavenly father who believed in me. So I was able to understand when he said, God believes in you. Yeah, yeah, right. Like Christian believes in me. Like Pastor Aaron believes in me. And how, you know, God is proud of you. I had such difficult time believing that. But yeah, I think God is proud of me because... They, my spiritual parents showed that to me, that they are proud of me. You know? Even when I mess up, it's okay. But I thought it was not okay. But, you know, Christian and Arian, they will say, it's okay. You you are growing. We believe in you. We just want the seeds to grow continuously. You know? And just, they just really reveal the true father and father's heart to me. And I owe them a lot. You know? And the whole house, I believe, we owe them a lot. You know? We really. Really want to honor them for that. And ever since I entered the full time ministry, it's another um, big part of my uh testimony. I grew up um not poor, but not wealthy either. So my 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 dad owns an auto shop, so he fixes cars. So he makes income, but it was like barely enough. Barely enough. We had a lot of debt. So with different traumas and different accident I mean incidents, I um wasn't really generous toward myself. I had this money issue. I was kind of stingy. I, this money just had the grip on me. You know, I was scared of having legs, having not enough money, especially because I lived for four years alone, uh, in Seoul, separated from my family, supporting myself, right? So, when I entered the full-time ministry, one of the conditions was that I had to leave on support. Which means that I give out letters to the church body and whoever responds, they will support me monthly, like $50, $30 a month, and things like that. So that's how I've been, how I've been surviving for the last three years. And God's been very, very faithful. And I confidently say that He is my Jehovah Jara, He's my provider. But guess what, guys? It's not that I walk on the street and I pick up an envelope and there's like, oh, my is in there. It's not like that. It came out of it came out of your pocket. You know, it came out of the church people's pocket from their tithing, from their offerings. It all came out of your bank account, right? So God is a provider, but it came through who? It came through the party. right? It came through my brothers and sisters who offer generously. You know, um, one of my supporters, she's been supporting me for so long, and she herself leaves some support. She's a full-time uh, orphanage worker. And then she leaves on support and she supports me, right, every month. And can you believe that? Well, that's a lot of love. And um, uh, at the beginning stage of my support raising, I was really struggling. And I had very little money in. And I heard that this anonymous giver uh, committed to support me for six months and 400000 won a month. That's a lot of money, right? $400? And I was like, wow, praise the Lord. And I was really overjoyed. And then our admin, Mina Choi, she actually made a mistake. That person wanted to remain as anonymous, but Mina Choi kind of like, bam, like, sent me the name by accident. And I, when I saw the name, I just started crying because she herself was a college student who lived on tutor jobs. Her monthly income was what? Like less than a mil. And then she was giving me 400000 won a month for six months. That's a lot of love, sacrificial giving. And I know that Jehovah Jireh, he's my God, but the people reveal the truth to me in my daily life. Whenever I treat myself with a nice meal, I remember that. Wow, God is faithful. He is the provider. And through you guys, I know that. True sons reveal the true father. So true. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And I can talk about it for the whole night, which I won't do. Um, but brothers and sisters, you reveal when you go out to the work, to church, to your hogwan, to your home, you reveal the father. You are the manifestation of the father. And I'm sure a lot of you are reminded of the people that reveal the father to you. You know? It could be your spiritual mentors, it could be your supporters maybe could be i don't know who but i'm sure that god revealed who he is to you through those people you know the creation is longing for the revealing of the sons of god because when we get revealed the father is revealed to the whole world Uh, i want everyone to close your eyes and can i get someone on the keyboard I really want us to remember this. Um, the cry of this world is so simple. It's not theology. It's not Christian ethics. It's just the cry, show me the Father. Show me that there's someone who loves me unconditionally. Show me that there's a perfect love. It's so simple. Everyone in every nation, in the deepest part of their hearts, there's a Father-shaped hole, and they all are longing for the Father to be revealed in their lives, and they're just looking for that, yearning for that, and everyone's saying, "Show me the Father, where is he? Show me the Father, where is he?" And as a church, what we, what do we do? What do we do to those people? You just gotta show your life as son, as a son, living in freedom. Just as a son, it's not your moral life that's gonna. Impress them It's not your theology It's not your knowledge of the Bible It's your life that shines And I want to just um, Close this message With time of prayer uh, If you're a member of this church I want you guys to pray for this community Especially the Itaewon This is a special place guys Itaewon didn't exist two years ago But so many people So many of you guys find home here You guys found home here And it's because the true sons reveal the true heart of the father that the father loves you and you have all these brothers and sisters around you who will who will walk for eternity with you and I want us to pray for this community of Itaewon and if you are visiting or if you are not a member of the church I want you to just pray for yourself that you will go out and reveal the true father to the creation that is longing and crying out that show me the father where is he? I also pray that God's going to solidify your identity as a son. I said, it's not about what you can do. It's not about your performance. It's not even about how much you could offer to him. It's all about you just being in him, abiding in him, and just knowing who you are in him. And I just want you guys to pray over yourself that God solidify my identity as a son of God knowing that all the inheritance is for me and that I'm your beloved child. That's it. So take this time. Let's just pray. Pray that God's gonna just really engrave this message into your heart. Let's pray. Stop blocking it. Let the people of God, the sons of God, reveal who God really is. Some of you just really need to learn how to receive